Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name's Chris Moda and in this episode we're going to be previewing day four and day five at Royal Ascot and I'm joined by Izzy Phillips and Mark Karoski. Before we get into the races we're going to preview. Let's see how everyone is. Izzy, how are things going? I hear you're going to be going to Ascot on Saturday. Yeah, things are going good. We're looking forward to going. I'm just going with family and friends so... We're looking forward to it, getting everything ready, got the hat, got the outfit, you know, all the important things. And now I just need to get a few winners to cover the cost of it all. Yeah, exactly. But it sounds like you've got a nice uh, social weekend planned. And how about you, Mark? Are you in front this week at Ascot? Definitely not. Muntasad let me down in the last race uh, this afternoon. But no good. But apart from that, yeah, I'm well. Um, looking forward to the action Friday, Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And we are going to go to Windsor on Monday. So if you see myself, Mark or Liz, feel free to give us a shout. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get into the races we're going to be previewing. Then we're going to look at some of the main races across Friday and Saturday. And the first race we're going to look at is the 305. It's the Commonwealth Cup. Very uh, open race, this, I think. Uh, plenty in here of chances. Perfect power is your current favourite. He's actually drawn in store one, which might not be a bad place to be, um, but still quite a tricky race. Izzy, I'll come to you here first. Um, have you got a shortlist for this one? Because I definitely have. I, I, I found it hard to nail my colours to the mast. You know, there was a couple I liked, but I didn't actually realise Perfect Power was favourite. So now I just feel like I've gone for a favourite. But it's quite a good price, actually, I think, Perfect Power. So I, I've ended up coming down on, on on his side. So I think that if you look at the form he had with Lucille, Lucille's gone and gone second to Caribus on Tuesday. Um, Perfect Power should love the firm ground. So I just, I, I quite liked it in the end. I was looking around, I was having a little look at Flaming Ribbon Tiber Flow, but some of the form has gone to pot this week. So um, I know we were talking about that a little bit before we came on air, but yeah, that that to me was was pretty decent form. So I'm going to stick with the favourite here with Perfect Power. Yeah, I can see why he's definitely on many people's shortlist. He would be on my shortlist too. Um, he's dropping back in trip, obviously. Um, the former Guineas has taken a couple of boosts this week. Like we say, Caribus um, came out and won. Also as well, you had uh, Lucille run well in the St. James's Palace. A few horses in there have uh, maybe boosted that form somewhat to an extent. But yeah, um, perfect power. Definitely has got a favourite's chance. How about you though, Um Mark, how are you seeing this? Is perfect power horse you want to keep on side? I thought it was a bit of a minefield, to be honest with you. Um, I think four to one's a fair enough price. There's one I actually like at a massive price. It's got a bit to find, but it's um, Roger Varian's Riggs. Um, Holly Doyle takes the ride. And this one was really highly fought. Obviously, two year old, one first time out on debut, has had some issues. Um, Holly, Holly Doyle on right. I mean, 80 to 1 in places with hills, six places. Um, I've seen worse 80 to 1 shots than this. It's got a bit to find, but this trainer, big fan of him. And it's not got that much to find, really. 66 to 1, 80 to 1 in places. I think we can maybe nick a place here at a massive price. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, the two that I quite liked were Eraz. Uh, for Richard Hannon, thought he was a massive eye catcher last time out, and he's got some good form at, at the track, and uh, I do think uh, he'll go very close. And the other one is Go Bez Go, who won the trial for this race, was maybe a little bit disappointing last time 
at Haydock, but uh, has to be taken seriously. And after what happened today in the Norfolk Stakes, the Amai Racing certainly want to be getting their heads in front and maybe this could reward them. So yeah, uh, an open race we all agree on. So Izzy's on Perfect Power. I'm on Eraz and Gobert's Go. And Mark quite likes Riggs at a little bit of a price. Um, okay, so that's uh, the Commonwealth uh, Cup covered. The next race we're going to look at is the Coronation Stakes. And then Spiral is your current favourite, 11 to 4. This is going to be the first time we've seen her this season. She was, of course, anti-post favourite for the 1,000 guineas. And she remains un beaten but it could be a bit of an ask i think first time out to win a group one um mark i'll come to you here first is this a horse that we might want to lay you know I, I did some video content on this race this morning and she was around six to four thirteen to eight and i thought she was too short and she's probably about the right price now around 11 or four three to one you would have had to take her on at that price obviously she was um off since October 2021. It was Annie Post's favourite for the 1,000 guineas. Obviously, we've got Cashy in here who actually won that race. And I think that's a solid each way alternative around 6 to 1. Um, I'd probably have Cashy in around 7 to 2, 4 to 1. I think the 1,000 guineas form looks good. Tuesday, Frank did sense winning the Oaks. And then you've got the French horse, Magnusine, actually beat Cashy last time out at Longchamp. That's decent form. Jenna Mossy takes the ride. That's, that was 10 to 1 this morning. It's 8 to 1 now. She lines up here. And Jessica Harrington had a winner on day three. Discovery shortening up as we speak as well around 7 1. That was near enough 9 to 1 this morning. It's spiral. I mean, if she keeps drifting around 9 to 2, she might become a back of price. But I think she's the right price around 11 and 4. I mean, if she went off around 5 to 4, 6 to 4, you'd be laying her all day. But she's about the right price now. Yeah, I agree. On, on what she did last year, she has to be respected. But first time out, she I could. Guess. She could be a bit vulnerable, and it wouldn't be the first time we've seen a, a few of these horses from this yard have always needed the run, and maybe she's a, a horse for an autumn campaign, and this was a, the, the the first place they, they could really get a run into us. So, yeah, um, interesting to see how she gets on. How about you, though, Izzy? In Spiral, um, are you in agreement with Mark and maybe want to be taking her on? Yeah, fully in agreement. I fully agree with um what Mark said in Spiral, when I had a little look at the markets not that long ago, she, she was that little bit shorter, so I was definitely looking for looking for something else. I was automatically drawn to Cache and again I agree with Mark. I'm quite surprised at the price. I think she will I think she will come in because that that's good Guinea's form and then she was so unlucky to not go and do the English and French double because she really she's so gutsy and she gave such a great performance that day as well. I think she's the sort of horse that's a fighter and I can see her giving a really good performance in this regardless. Like I think she'll take Inspore on and I know that you know, Inspore's had her number before, but I think this is gonna be a good rematch. I don't know whether the writing's going to be quite as on the wall as everyone thinks as the last time we've seen in Sprawl. Because like you say, that coming off of a little bit of layoff, it's got, you know, Cache could just have that race fitness on her side. Yeah, definitely. I, I think she's going to be bang then. What I've noticed throughout Ascot this week, we've not had too many horses coming from off the pace, even though normally it's front runners don't last. She don't want to be too far back. You probably want to be handy and, and we know she's gonna probably go forward and be pretty much near on near on the pace. So yeah, she's got a lot in her favour, I think, Cache. Um I personally thought Discovery's Mark touched upon her. I thought she was really interested in the yard 
done quite well with a couple of runners this week. Obviously had a winner today in the Riversdale. Um, I think she'll probably actually strip fair for that run in the 1,000 guineas. She she took a massive step forward last year. Um, she's actually a full sister to Alpha Centauri, who, who won this race. So, yeah, I think she's definitely in with a chance, and she'll be up there not too far back. Uh, I think you're getting a bit of value elsewhere from Inspiral. So we've got two votes for Cache, and I quite like Discoveries. Okay, so... Uh, we move on to the last race we're going to look at at Ascot is the 5.35 on Friday. Uh, it's the King Edward VII Stakes, a Group 2 contest. And Ottoman Fleet is your current favourite here. He's just edging out, changing of the guard, 7-4. to four. Changing of the guard is now 15-8. to eight. We've then got Lysander next in the betting at 3-1. to one, And bigger are the rest. It looks like the front three might have it in the market. Um, did you fancy any of them, Izzy? Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to be a massive betting race for me, if I'm honest, because I'm not completely swayed. I think that other than Bayed, what I've watched a couple of Haggises this week and they've been a little bit disappointing because um, I've, I've gone for quite a few of them. So I'm a little bit put off of Lysander, to be honest. I think that probably Ottoman Fleet and Changing of the Guard would have the one too. So I might do something like a little bit of a reverse forecast looking overall i think i'd just be if i was going to do a win bet i think i would be swayed by ottoman fleet um just the form of charlie appy at the moment just quite like the look of him yeah i can see why um he comes in here uh, he's been given a little bit more time compared to changing the guard who was last seen finishing fifth in the derby so you wondered maybe if uh, that that's left a mark on him i myself like lissander but i get your point um william haggis's team they've not been quite up to their high standards they've had a few disappointments but i just thought maybe the better ground might bring a little bit of improvement in him when he's actually run on, on ground that's been described as soft or heavy i think he's just underperformed his by new approach and a lot of his family actually do appreciate a little bit of um better ground so I think that will suit him and I think that was a good race last time at Goodwood Lionel was a horse that I think could go right to the very top this year and, and could be even a, a lively outsider in the arc but um, the, it, I think it's definitely between the front three but I can see your case for um, the good old from runner Ottoman Fleet. How about you though Mark? Um, how did you see this one? I thought it was quite quite tricky um, Ottoman Fleet which is around 7 or 4 just now I find it quite difficult to judge new market form because I think there's always a bit of an exaggeration because it is new market. And looking at that run, I don't think Ottoman Fleet was very weak that day, and Zane Sarinda was very was very strong, especially on the exchange. I don't think the form is that great. Um, and obviously, people get sucked into these horses that are unlucky. He was apparently unlucky first time out at Nottingham when Newbury William Book apparently gave him too much to do. Again, I think he's too short. I mean, I think he's a lay. Um, I'd, I'd prefer change to the guard and Lysander over Ottoman Fleet. Yeah, I think four to seven fields of value, eight to 13. But on the outsiders as well, I mean, I think I think Dark Moon Rising is overpriced. Um, I mean, that ran well at York last time out in the form behind Check Challenge at Newcastle. I think that's a decent bit of form. It was, was well fancied that day, 25s, 28s. You get about 40s on Betfair on the day. Ottoman Fleet's no good to seven to four. You want to be taking that on, I think. Hmm, interesting. So, difference of opinion here. So, we've got one vote for Ottoman Fleet with Izzy. Uh, Mark is against uh, him. He likes Dark Moon Rising, and I've gone for Lysander. He is an app on the YouTube channel, but after my current form, I don't think uh, you should be backing it. But uh, 
hey ho, let's see how we go. So that's um, Friday's action covered. We then got the last day, which is Saturday, when Izzy will be there, of course. And um, we're going to look at the two uh, main races there on the card and the first one we're going to look at is the hardwick stakes where hurricane lane is your favorite at eight to eleven we've then got broom at five solid stone at eight and bigger are the rest um hurricane lane mark on form i uh, would have the best chance but do we think he could be vulnerable first time out at that kind of price quite like um again another one at a price and i think hurricane lane short enough i don't think there's a lot of value in that price there was one that i liked at uh, a bigger price is uh, Mark Johnson's Living Legend. That, that one ran last time out at Epsom. Slowly away, race over, put put a line through that completely. Um, prior to this, very competitive, very progressive. I think, I think this one's around, is he around 40 to 1, 33 to 1? Uh, 33's at the moment. Yeah, listen, if you, if you, and a lot of horses don't handle Epsom as well, clearly didn't handle Epsom, put a line through it. Looks progressive. Um, this one's massively overpriced. Doesn't have a lot to find. Likely front leader. Um, like a solid each way alternative. There's any extra places. If you can get four places in eight runner field, thirty three to one. I think it's a crack in each way bet. Hmm. Interesting thoughts there from Mark. Keen to take on the favourite. How about you though, Izzy? Hurricane Lane. Is he maybe one for the multiples, or do we think he could be vulnerable first time out? If I'm completely honest, I'd probably be looking to take on hurricane lane just very very short price and there's a couple in here that you know if they handle conditions they could be a little bit dangerous it's just going to be a case of whether they like it or not i mean lafayette for um colin keen you know colin keen's fantastic jockey it's absolutely loved its time in ireland but if you look at the going every time we're Good, uh, good to yielding, heavy yielding grounds. You know those last few wins, so might not really enjoy the the, the firm going. Um, and the other one is um, Mosterdaff for Crowley and the Gosden team. Um, Twelve to one. I just think it's quite a big price. Um, you know, against Bay Bridge in the Brigadier Gerard, but you know Bay Bridge didn't run a too bad the other day, so. I just think that it's a little bit short hurricane lane there's a couple that could um give them a little bit of a hard time maybe yeah definitely i i quite like the chance there of solid stone um i'm surprised he's not a little bit short obviously he's got a um step up on his form this would require a career best but he just seems to be improving uh, every year this horse is typical sir michael stout improver won at chester last time out and that form could have hardly worked out better. You've had McGallan um, go and win at Epsom next time out, and uh, Majestic Dawn was a winner at Goodwood on his next uh, start. So I think there's plenty to talk about his chances. He's 8-1. to one. Um, You know he's not going to be too far from off the lead. And like I was saying earlier, it's been hard to make up ground. And um, in the in the derby colours of uh, Desert Crown, I think Solid Stone is a massive player, 8-1. to one. So yeah, I think we're all in agreement here that we want to take on Hurricane Lane, but um, yeah, we, we're coming in at slightly different angles but yeah um i think our advice is maybe yeah why not take him on okay so that's the hardwick covered uh we then go to the platinum jubilee stakes and boy this is hard um i don't think i've ever seen a group one with so many runners i think there's over at least 20 uh, 26 runners in the, in the field i don't think i can remember the last time i saw a group one with 26 runners i don't know why people complaining with the field sizes 
Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, very competitive race. But uh, the Australian horse, Home Affairs, is your favourite. We then got Creative Force at sevens, Campanella at sevens, uh, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here, Izzy, first. I think you could have quite a few darts for this race. I thought it was pretty tricky. Obviously, you have to respect the Australian horse for what uh, Nature Strip did at, at the weekend. But this this this, this isn't going to be a complete walkover, I think. But how did you see it? Yeah, I mean... I suppose you've got to know your Australian form and I'm not particularly um, familiar with it, but obviously you can look at Nature Strip and, and what Nature, Nature Strip did this week and that gives you a good indication of just how good home affairs could be. But there's a lot in here. It's very, very short for what is, is it, what is it, 25 runner race, 26 runner race? 26 runners. Mad. 26 runners. That's absolutely mad. So I don't know, I'd be, I wouldn't be wanting to back home affairs at that price with, you know, that many runners in. There's a couple in here though, that might come out that have already had a run this week that are still in. So like Kings Lynn might, I, I, I would say will probably come out. Um, one that took my, one that caught my eye down in trip um, is alcohol free. So I just find it interesting that they've decided to to put alcohol free back to six furnals. Um, Twenty to one could go quite well. Could be one of those ones that just comes out. It's got a pretty decent draw. Drew nine. Um, yeah, so alcohol free is a little bit of an each way chance maybe for me. And there was one more. Let me find it. Um, maybe happy power as well for Andrew Baldwin. Again, another one, just each way. But I don't think I'd be having anything, you know, I'd want to see how Home Affairs shapes up, really. Should be an exciting one. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting one, but I think I think it all definitely revolves around him if he's going to act, um, if, if it's anything like it was earlier in the week. Uh, he could be a God-given certainty, even though it does look a, a very uh, competitive race. How about you, though, Mark? Did you have any strong uh, horses, maybe a, a big price? I'm with Izzy on the favourite. I think the favourites are ridiculously short price. Seven to four in this in this size of field, everything's trying. Too short for me. If you could lay this at four to seven in the field, it'd be laughing, wouldn't you? Surely it doesn't go shorter than seven to four. No chance. But, I mean, the way I, see, there's so many runners in this race. Some bookmakers are paying six places, fifth of the odds. Is the bet just to leave the favourite have the field at four to seven, or do you try and find one at a price? But it's so competitive. I mean, I thought Happy Romance twenty five to one. Compare, I mean, the Richard Hannon yard's going quite well. Sean Levy takes the rise. It's a, a horse that's highly fought off within the yard. Another one at a massive price as well is Archie Watson's Glen Shield. I mean, six runs at Ascot, one win, two seconds. Loves the course. Shows shows his best form here. Fifty to one, six places. Just, I think you'd be mad. Like, I know there's a lot of mug punters out there who'll be back in this favourite, but, like, you obviously need to give your head a shake if you're back in this at 7 or 4. Listen, it could win, but there's no value. Yeah, if you're back in 7 or 4 shots in 25, 26, 27 on our fields, you're going, to the, you're going to the food bank. Tell that to the mug punters yesterday that were back in um, Aino Brian's horse in the, in, the, uh, in the Windsor Castle. Little bear, big bear, wasn't it? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can, yeah, you're definitely right there. But, um, yeah, he's, he's too short. 
uh, for, for me. I, I like to actually turn in here at prices. Uh, the first one of them was Highfield Princess. Uh, she's a filly that just keeps on improving. She was very impressive at York. She's definitely going to be up there with the pace. Still five. From what we've seen so far, you'd like to think that that's definitely going to be a massive positive. And she, she did run well here, if I remember, last year at the Royal Meeting. Um, she, yes, she did. She actually won the, the, the handicap, um, the Buckingham Palace, but she's just gone from strength to strength. And John Quinn does very well with horses as they get older. We've seen it in the past, the likes of Safe, Safe Voyager and uh, El Astronaute. So it wouldn't be uh, a complete shock. And the other one I quite liked at a bigger price was um, Henry Candy's uh, run to freedom i put this horse up when he won a listed race at uh at windsor he did it in good style that day he was handy from the front he's got form over seven don't think he'll be too far away um he's got some good form as well uh, in handicaps previously um yeah that's uh the the platinum jubilee stakes covered and it, uh, of course um we've got other uh, races going on across uh, the, the the two days. Um, this is the time of the podcast where we can see what uh, Izzy and Mark have gone for, if they've got any other fancies. I'll come to you first, Izzy. Was there anything else on your shortlist that uh, the listeners might be interested in? Yes, I've got a couple. Um, in the 3.05 on Saturday, so it's the Jersey Stakes, I quite like the look of Sambaroo. Um, unbeaten for the Gosden team. We've got Dottori on board. Um, should like the firm ground. So Sambaru, quite a nice price. I'm seeing currently seven to one, but I know sometimes the prices I see are a little bit whack compared to what you guys have with your odds. So, but yeah, it's quite a nice price in the three hundred five. And then um, completely for immature reasons, but genuinely, I think maybe has a decent price. Um, I quite I quite like on tomorrow. I quite like Lil Guff in the six ten. So they're, they're the ones I'm most looking forward to seeing. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a good draw, so so who knows? It might be able to hammer it home, but let's see how it gets on. Um, and how about you, Mark? Did you have any um, other horses you want to talk about? Try and compose yourself, Izzy. You know this is going to win out of the water. I can't go. If Little Guff wins, I'm going to literally... I'd be so excited, I can't go. Fuck ass, Scott. Little Guff all the way. Right, cool. <laughs> Market raising tomorrow, Friday, okay? I've got one, okay? Your favourite jockeys on this one as well, Loader, right? Favourite connection. Have a look. Have a look at the four thirty-five and tell me what which horse I'm going to put up. Uh, the Laura Morgan horse. Yeah, that's the one. Nine to two. I like this one running tomorrow. First time out. Mister Wedge takes the ride. Nine to two. I like it. Okay, is, is that it? There's not not much more I can say really. Fair enough. Hey, well, the way Mark's talking we'll about it. We'll do a double. We'll do a charging point and a little guff double, okay? All right. Well, let's see how it gets on. But, um... but that's it for this week. Once again, to Izzy and Mark for giving up their time. Hopefully, we found you some pointers towards some winners at Royal Ascot this week. Remember to follow us on the socials where we're on Twitter and Instagram at In the Saddle Pod. Also, as well, just a reminder, we will be at Windsor on Monday evening. Uh, if you see any of us, feel free to uh, give us a nudge and uh, we'll chat racing uh, with you. So, yeah, looking forward to it on Monday. But, yeah, please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. <laughs>